Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here for episode 30 of this podcast. It has been such a great time uh, putting this together for all of you and sharing all these great stories with all these amazing people with you. This is not only a milestone regarding, uh, regarding the amount of episodes that are out there now, but it's also a, um, a milestone regarding the amount of downloads. I noticed that we have uh, just passed 1,500 downloads so I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to these stories and um, and to myself during this uh, during these past several months. So, and if you're in the area in the St. Louis area, I hope to see you on Saturday, April 27th, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Barnes and Noble at West County Center. Um, I will be there with my fellow Aloris Publishing author Rebecca Jaycox. We will be signing copies of. Uh, my books, Excelsior and Ever Upward, and she'll be signing copies of her book, um, The Other Inheritance and The Other Queen. Both of us are pretty deep into getting our part threes done for our respective series, and we are really looking forward to uh, meeting some new readers. And um, if, you're, if you're there, also, um, any purchase will get you some coupons and samples from both Lush over at the West County Center and California Pizza Kitchen. So uh, we, have some, we have some great offers for you as well. So uh, this is gonna be a lot of fun. So uh, with that in mind, let me just go ahead and uh, say that those of you who may not, who, who know me from childhood know that I have always been a fan of stand-up comedy. I know that uh, his name is, is very much uh, toxic these days, but at the same time, I grew up listening to Bill Cosby records. I grew up watching Bill Cosby himself. But at the same time, thankfully, he was not the only one that I was listening to. I was listening to the great one, George Carlin. You know, I was listening to his, uh, his cassettes when I, w- when I was growing up. I remember making a point to watch his HBO, um, his HBO comedy hours. And um, for so many years, I would just, you know, just recite different bits with, uh, with, with my friends. It's always something that I believe to be the purest form of entertainment because it's entertainment itself, like stripped down to the very core. You have the writer and performer there on the same stage with a very bare stage, mostly just a brick wall. And they're just standing there telling you what's on their mind and hoping to make you laugh. It is an incredible, it's, it's an incredible experience. Um, seeing stand-up, seeing stand-up comedy as a whole, and I've always had just an absolute love and respect for stand-up co- uh, comedians for taking that plunge, for taking that chance on themselves, and letting the world know that what they have to say matters. Um, now, it's always been something that I've wanted to take part in, but as soon as I even consider the idea 
of doing it myself, any thought in my head just immediately goes away. And all of a sudden I'm just, I'm basically stuttering to no one in particular. Um, so it's, it's a real thrill when someone that I know has, you know, gets up on stage and not only, not only survives their trip on stage, but thrives. And, um, and that's, and that's what we have. That's what, uh, what we'll be discussing this week, uh, with my guest, Robert Turo. Now, Robert and I know each other from Marymount Manhattan college. Um, I believe he was a freshman when I was a sophomore and, um, during my sophomore year, uh, around 1996, that was when he took the plunge and got up on stage at Stand Up New York on yes. 70, 79th and 78th and Broadway. Or, yes. Um, yeah, 78th and Broadway. Yes. And, um, and he, he went up there for eight minutes and killed. And I'm not just saying this because we had like a bunch of friends that were willing to support him, but the, the material he had was, was great. It was a lot of fun. And it was a real thrill to see him up there on stage. And knowing that years would pass and he would go on to not only continue on with stand-up, but also uh, become an MC for different events and you know, go into radio with it. And it's just, a, it's just been a thrill watching him from afar evolve as uh, in this world, in this wonderful world of stand-up comedy. So uh, without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce my guest with you, with us uh, this week, Robert Turo. Robert, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm great after that introduction. Uh, thank you. It's uh, Saturday morning and uh, that, that's the most accolades I've received all week. So thank you. Oh, hey, my pleasure. My pleasure, man. I mean, like I, just like I said, you know, I, I remember, you know, being six years old or so and, and listening to a George Carlin tape and just being absolutely mesmerized by the man and um, going, you know, just going on and, and, and eventually like when I was in college, actually seeing him live uh, at the Beacon Theater was a major highlight of my life. And yeah, yeah cause he did, he does this, he goes in and does his, uh, his HBO special. I think it was called back in town and oh, he wow. does, does a full hour and then, you know, says his goodbyes and everything walks off stage. And then about 30 seconds later or so comes back out on stage, all the cameras are off and he says, you guys paid. So you're going to get some more and does another 45 minutes worth of material. And That's incredible. It, 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 it just speaks to the man. Like, I mean, it was, it was such a thrill be, you know, like uh, just being in his presence and, mm -hmm. He, you know, like, um, he really, he really was, you know, to me, he'll always be the greatest. So, um, and then, and then you have like all these other comics that, you know, that have come out and basically made their own mark in, in this world. And you're out there doing mm. the same thing. So, um, let us know, uh, let my listeners know what exactly you're doing right now. What is the latest project you're working on? Right now, I'm uh, running a show here in Houston, Texas, uh, that showcases uh, some of the uh, local talent that we have out here. It's a weekly show. Uh, we call it, it's a lame name, but it's Punchline Mondays. That, that was not our decision. Um, <laughs> but I, I run it with a, uh, one of my friends uh, and, and one of the best up-and-coming comics here in Houston. His name's Jeff Joe. Uh, and together, we're Jeff Joe and Turo. Nice. And we both host it. We both, uh, uh, you know, take turns going up there. Uh, and uh, we also bring in uh, uh, some of uh, some of Houston's funniest. We just had uh, Andy Huggins, who was on uh, um, America's Got Talent. He's been around since the the 80s. He was one of the original uh, Houston Outlaws of Comedy with Bill Hicks and Sam Kinison. Oh wow! So yeah, and and he's a good friend of ours, and uh, I I in fact used to drive. He doesn't have a car. I used to drive him uh, to the improv uh, mics all the time. Uh, uh, by the improv, I mean like the uh, Houston uh, improv, not like you know improv. Not like like anybody give us a profession? No, 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 no. <laughs> <clears throat> but um. Uh, yeah, so we, we, we get some uh, up-and-comers uh, coming out there, and uh, it's every week. It's free, uh, and we get, a, we get a nice little audience. It's what we call a boutique show because it is uh, in a smaller venue, um, mm -hmm. but it's packed out every week. Fantastic. Uh, in, fact, in fact, Jeff and I can't even stand in the room. We have to get out of the room because there's no room for us to stand. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
that that is that is so cool that is so cool that you're able to do that so um so let's go let's go back to the beginning here like let's um what was it about stand-up that just made you want to get up there and try it because i mean like you know there's so many people that can say like oh i can do that and there are so many people that just heckle from you know the, mm-hmm. you know from sitting down at, at at their table and everything but you know like if they get called up to the stage they have no material so no. You know, like what is what is it that um, what is it about stand-up that just that just grabs you and makes you want to just be a part of it for all, for all time well, I mean, I, I started off um, doing uh, uh, theater and acting. That's actually how I ended up at Marymount Manhattan College was uh, mm-hmm. through a theater scholarship. Um, but when I was in theater, I always enjoyed doing uh, uh, humorous monologues nice. um, because it was just me up there and just getting the crowd to laugh. It's it's just really addictive. And I... I, I I really liked it. Um, and then on top of that, I was watching uh, Comedy Central had just kind of started and they were showing um, stand-up comedy bits, kind of like MTV was showing videos. They would just show, uh, you know, little three to five minute bits from different comics. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. And uh, it was really cool. And that's how I learned about Bill Hicks and, and uh, Brian Regan and uh, mm-hmm. even Dave Chappelle. Way, way, when he was like 19 years old, he had like a little three minute bit that I just thought was the funniest thing I ever saw in my life about picking a fight with a, 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 a little person. Uh, it was really funny. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, definitely know. politically correct too. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wanted, I, I didn't, I didn't want to offend anybody. But he doesn't say little person, but you know, yeah. whatever he can say whatever he wants. He's Dave Chappelle. Um, right. But uh, I just, I was enthralled with the idea that uh, of going up and being able to say my words the way I want to. You said, you know, it's the writer and the performer. It's also the director up there as well. Yeah, uh, because. Uh, a lot of a lot of what you do in stand up which is important that a lot of people that don't when they when they're trying to start off they don't realize blocking is important you have to know where you're going to end and where you're going to be facing when you say each punchline wow. you know it's it's and and some some comics have more energy than others but it's still important to to know your blocking and to know where you're going to be facing and, and, and everything when you're doing your bits uh, to get the maximum amount of laughs. Right. Um, and that's, that's always appealed to me. But the reality of it is, is what, what kicked me in the butt to get started was my roommate at the time, uh, Jeff. He uh, one day decided not to go into class. He decided to just drink and he just started calling stand-up comedy clubs uh, saying that he was my agent trying to book me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Holy crap. That's yeah. And, oh, and Stan man. And you were called back. <laughs> and oh, said, man. And the first thing they did was they compl- the guy complained about our answering machine message because we were two 18-year-old idiots that basically recorded like half of a Simpsons episode for our outgoing <laughs> message. <laughs> And the guy was all like, listen, guys, first things first, that is the worst message. You can't have that so long, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, if this Robert Toro is serious, we'll, we'll bring him up here. And, and I was all like, whoa. And Jeff was all like, there you go. I, I get 10%. And I'm all like, okay. 10% of nothing is... Uh, still nothing, yeah. Yeah. All right. So that... <laughs> That's exactly how that started. Wow. I had I had no I had just basically you know mentioned you know in you know college conversation that I would like to do stand up. I never really thought I'd actually do it until he just decided one day that I was going to do it. That's fantastic, and mm-hmm. and it really shows. Like I mean, there are so many so many people that can say that you know like that this wouldn't have happened if this person hadn't just kind of given me that nudge. I was I was saying just a few weeks ago um, on the show that when I was talking with the uh, current Missouri Writers Guild president Robin Tidwell, I wouldn't have been the vice president 
and then later president of the Missouri Writers Guild, if she hadn't volunteered me for that position and said, oh, he can do it. And all of a sudden it was just like, well, what am I doing? Well, you're running a conference and it's next year. You know, so you have this much time to, to make that happen. So good luck. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, so do you think, like, if, if Jeff hadn't done that, do you think that, you know, like, that, um, that this might not have happened, or is this something that you feel like you would have just at some point gotten around to doing anyway? To be honest with you, um, I, I probably would have gotten around to doing it. Uh, the thing was, is back then, we, he and I didn't understand, uh, really none of us understood the concept of what an open mic was, which is where you're really supposed to start. Yeah. Uh, what what we and what we thought to do was just hound these you know these comedy clubs that these prestigious comedy club Carolines you know yeah. and they could they couldn't care less they were like who in the hell are you right. get out of you know stop calling <laughs> uh, you know they you know we didn't understand that oh maybe we should go you know like a poetry open mic or something like that to get started yeah. uh, so. You know, I lived in New York for a while uh, uh, and, and was doing that. But um, I think, uh, uh, you know, I eventually moved to Austin, Texas. And I think somewhere around there, I probably would have ended up trying it out yeah. there if I hadn't have done it in New York first. I, 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 I was, I was about, kind of, I'm sorry. Talk about going into the deep end as well. Like, I mean, just New York. Yeah. All of a sudden, it was just like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, it's like, and if, if, if you don't drown at some point, you learn how to swim, so. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you were saying about my material killing, uh, because in, in retrospect, and I know all of my material from back then, and that, I mean, like, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't wipe my butt with that material, man. Like, I, I hate that. <laughs> I think that stuff is so <laughs> corny and so silly. I mean, for God's sakes, I was talking about Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo, yep. <laughs> and McDonald's food. And, you know, I mean, I was making really what, what, what now would be considered hacky jokes, you know. But um, thank you. I really appreciate the uh, – <laughs> I wish you could see me now. I think you'd be much more impressed. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, like, it's – at the same time, it was just, I mean, this was, this was straight out of fame. Like this was Ralph Garcia getting, you know, getting on the mic and everything all of a sudden, you know, just, you know, just going out there. But the, the great thing is, is that, you know, like uh, opposite of, of Ralph Garcia, you actually, you know, like were able to continue on with it and evolve with it. So mm -hmm. um, take us to that, um, take us to that moment, but like, you know, like um, it's stand up New York, it's 1996 mm -hmm. and it really, from what I remember, the place was packed. You know, there were a lot of people. There it were, was. So, you, you want to know what? Like? A, well, I'll tell you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah. uh, just a little interesting tidbit about that day. It was March uh, March second, uh, which yeah. was the day um, George Burns passed away. Oh, that's right. So that's right. Wow. I was going. I was doing my first stand up ever the day George Burns passed away. Wow. So yeah, I, so I, I kind of I always felt that the comedy gods or something were, were kind of opening a door for me. Yeah. You know, in That's that incredible. sense. Wow. Um, and uh, I'm not going to lie, that night on stage uh, was one of uh, two times I was ever nervous on stage. Really? Ever. Yes. Uh, and the only other time I was ever nervous on stage was when I was performing uh, to get into um, uh, colleges, like for, uh, I had to do like some monologues for like yeah. auditioning. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was the first time I was ever nervous on stage. And the second time I was ever nervous on stage was my first stand up. And I've never been nervous since. Um, it's it, that, that feeling that I got that night of the laughter was. I mean, it was more addictive than anything I've ever experimented with in my life. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I keep going back to it. And, and the, to be honest with you, uh, you know, what is it? 23 years later. Uh, yeah. It, the feeling is still, I just did a show last night and, you know, there wasn't very many people in the crowd, but uh, every laugh, it was the same. It's the same effect. It makes me like just, 
I don't know, it just charges me up, you know, and yeah. uh, um, it's it's great. Uh, and so that's why I keep doing it, you know, and I, I keep going at it. And, and I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at right now. I mean, obviously, I'd like to keep growing. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's this is a this is a profession that takes a long time. Nobody's ever going to get up and immediately be amazing. That's never going to happen. And right. that's what a lot of people get in their heads when they first start. Uh, the, the worst mistake anybody makes when they want to start doing stand-up is they go, Oh, I'm just going to go up there and just kind of riff off the top of my head. And I'm like, no, Ooh. no, you're not. <laughs> you're, no. you're going to bomb so hard that ISIS <laughs> people were going to change their minds about their, <laughs> that's how bad you're going to bomb. Yeah. It is true, you know. Oh man! So, what's what's your? I've I've um I've gotten like uh you know different different thoughts and everything from stand up comics, uh just listening to their their own comments and everything regarding things like YouTube, you know, like people mm -hmm. that are just you know like just recording, you know, acts and everything with their phone. You feel like that's mm -hmm. kind of like almost like a like an invasion of privacy or something because like when you're on those stages a lot of times they're just like you're just kind of working out material it's not going to be great you know it's not mm -hmm. like you said it's not going to kill the first time around but it could be something that could you that could evolve into something really good uh what yeah. are your thoughts on, on like uh on people that do that well um i personally uh, in fact we just uh uh, with the show at the Axel Rad that we do here in Houston, mm -hmm. uh, they the 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 Axel Rad is the bar, and the the owners of the bar they wanted to stream our comedy show, and a lot of comics were very hesitant and very against that mm -hmm. uh, for that very reason. Yeah. Um, me personally, I think in this day and age. You know, I mean, if you know you're being filmed, mm -hmm. just do the best you can. And, and you know, I mean, because anything, any kind of, you know, video that gets out there, any kind of promotion, that's going to be good for you. Right. You know, I mean, but a lot of people are afraid that, you know, they're going to exhaust their material, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And I, and I think that's a little ridiculous. I mean, like, yes, Dave Chappelle is going to exhaust his material because millions of people try to watch him right you literally i mean a lot of these comics that i deal with i'm like you know if there's a if there's a room of a hundred people how many people in there have actually heard you before five mm -hmm. maybe right. <laughs> you know like <laughs> you, you know so you're not it's not like you're really you know gonna exhaust you can you can use your material over and over again and that's i mean that's that's what you you know you got to do it's it's a fine line and I get why a lot of comics, it's like you said, you know, I mean, if, if you're working on something and it's not there, but to me, I mean, you got to pick and choose those times when you're working on something, you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, if you're doing a, if you're doing a show for, you know, a, a sold out show somewhere, or, I mean, even at the Axel Rad and I mean, I mean, granted a packed room is 60 people. Uh, I, I, I mean, that's not to me that's not a good time to just start working on new material like that's when you should be doing your a stuff to get yeah. the you know crowd into it um but some other comics they believe that you know any time is a good time to work on new material and that's fine if that's what you want to do but you know with it with with the cameras on the phones and everything these days i mean you, you you're gonna be filmed and that's just that's just all there is to it you know years ago i actually was doing a a comedy competition in Los Angeles at a place called the Ha Ha Cafe. Mm -hmm. And right before I was going to go up, Damon Wayans did a drop-in wow. and did 45 minutes. And some girls started filming him and he lost his mind and Oof. was yelling at this girl to stop. Mm -hmm. And she wouldn't. She just kept saying, this is for personal use only. He's like, yeah, how do I know that? I don't know you, you know, like, and right. I get what he's doing because he's practicing for his special that he wants to be fresh and new and mm -hmm. you know i mean so i get that and i get what 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 his complaint was but i mean a lot of these comics that are you know uh at my level out here i think they really need to relax on it and especially with this day and age and and a lot of a lot of comedians that are coming up they're coming up because they're filming themselves 
they're mm-hmm. putting their videos out there, yeah. you know? And that's, that, I mean, that's just how it is. That's just the new way now, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, so a lot social of... Social media is playing such yeah, a big role, yeah. Uh, absolutely. It's a huge thing. So now you're, you, I mean, uh, and, and on top of that, I mean, you've got... Um, one of the most successful stand-up comedy live shows. Uh, it's called Chocolate Sundays out of the Laugh Factory in Los Angeles. They put oh, yeah, out yeah, I heard snippets. Yeah. yeah, they put out snippets of, uh, and I mean, we're talking Kevin Hart. You know, I yeah. mean, like they they put all that stuff out. So, you know, I mean, I, I just think that a lot of comics need to. They need to. Um, are you a baseball fan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know how everybody's doing these infield shifts now and some people are complaining about it? Well, I'm, I'm one of those people that says, hey, man, you need to adjust then. <laughs> if they're yeah. all going to that side, then you need to start hitting over there. You know, that's what mm-hmm. I say to comics, too. I'm like, if everybody's filming you, then you need to adjust to that. And yeah, stop it's kind of like... And stop whining and acting like uh, I deserve, like, my privacy. No, you don't. You've gone up on stage. You're talking. If they're going to film you, you need to be prepared for it. Yeah, I know. Like you, you had just mentioned baseball, but th- it's kind of like th- it's kind of like the uh, the mindset that people have regarding, say, like the New England Patriots. How you know, like right. they're just saying, like, oh, they're just running up the scoreboard against. Them. Well, stop them! Right. You know, stop them from running up the scoreboard. You know, like adjust. <laughs> That's why you have halftime, so you can adjust. Right. You know, and stop that. Right. That, like, that's the whole point of the game. Exactly. And that's the, yeah, and that's exactly how I feel about uh, you know with the new social medias and stuff. And I'm telling you, there's some comics here in Houston that uh, I mean they are insanely successful, and it's mm-hmm. because of social media. And yeah. It's because they post. I mean, they do sketches and skits and whatever the hell you want to call it, which you know I mean that's fun and dandy and all, but like you know they also put up you know like. Uh, uh, you know, and it's not like whole sets. It's just like here's here's a you know a gag, here's a you know here's a joke that I wrote, you know, and right. stuff like that. And they also do it on Twitter too. Like mm-hmm. they'll just write you know a joke, and then next thing I know, I hear it for the next six months. You know, like I was <laughs> like, yeah, because you know I see them every week. You know, and I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 that's a great, it's a great gag about your mother-in-law. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> and it's, um, I'm speaking of social media, like I, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, a lot of different comics that are kind of doing what you're saying. Like they're, they're posting stuff on Twitter, but they're also doing things like, um, like Instagram, like mm-hmm. I seeing, um, who is it? Kate Quigley, you know, as huge as she is on Instagram, you know, like mm-hmm. she, what she's doing is great because she's taking her own you know material and visualizing it, you know, and that's a great way to do it. So like, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, like, and then adding and then um, putting in like little videos every now and then of her act. So um, that sort of thing, like that's a great way to use, utilize. Exactly. Yeah. You know? um, I, I agree. Yeah. So, um, so you have that moment, you have, you know, like you have your, 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 eight, it was eight minutes, right? On at Stand Up New York. Honestly, I think it was only five. Really? Uh, if I remember correctly, yes. I don't. I don't remember exactly the time. I want to say it was maybe, maybe six. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I have the video on videotape somewhere. I just have not. I can't. I cringe when I even think of that video because uh, I just, <laughs> I just, uh, even the way I was dressed and wearing a bowling shirt and a, a, a you know, a jacket. Like I, I just looked silly. But, you know, like, um, yeah, I, I want to say it was about five or six minutes. I can't remember. Eight minutes yeah. would have been, I, I think that would have been too long. Okay. Yeah. So you, but you, but you have that moment. You have, you know, like the experience on stage, you get the laughs. Cause I, I know, I, I know I heard them and mm-hmm. you know, like I, I was in there laughing along with them. So, um, so what you know like what was it that kind of got you you thinking like okay i can i can keep doing this like was it that sort of that rush of getting those first laughs that really got you going from like one gig to the next yeah absolutely i mean it was it was definitely that i mean the the laughter was was enormous um and then the fact that and i don't know if you know this but there was 33 people there to see me yeah 
and I was required to only bring seven. Wow. So the club owner, when he saw that, I mean, he treated me like a superstar because he was like, holy crap, this guy brought 33 people. Hello. Well, you know, come back next week. Yeah. And I was like, absolutely, I'll be here next week. And I came back the next week and I brought 14 people. Mm-hmm. And he was still very impressed and very happy and gave me like some money out of it and everything. And uh, um, he was all like, how about next week? And I was all like, you got it. And I came back the next week with four people. Mm. And he was all like, uh, you know, I, I require that you bring seven. And I'm all like, oh. He's all like, I'll let you slide this time, but next time, why don't you try to bring more people? Well, the fourth time, I ended up bringing (laughs) nobody. Uh, Uh, Nobody wanted to come, mm -hmm. and uh, I ended up barking outside for about an hour, and I got um, five or six uh, Hasidic Jews to come inside, (laughs) (laughs) and and, and the, the... the the club manager walks out and he's all like Turo and I'm all like yeah and he's all like those Hasidic Jews say they're friends of yours and I'm like uh-huh. <laughs> he's like really <laughs> I go sure why not and he's all right. like eh, okay <laughs> whatever you say right <laughs> he just walked back in <laughs> like, you know like he yeah. He knew immediately, like, I just, I, and I mean, I, I, I know that I just begged you. I was like, please, guys, please, you got to come in. You got to let me go on stage. They're, well, they're going to take my thumbs if you don't, you know, these guys, okay, okay. You know, like, right. <laughs> whatever they were about to do, they, they, they're fine. They went inside and they, they, whatever. So. Hey, as long as I had fun, you know. That's... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that was my yeah. last time at the Stand Up New York because I knew I wasn't. He kept inviting me, but I was like, man, I can't do that anymore. Like, I can't, you know, like these bringer shows, you know. And after that, I ended up moving uh, to Austin, mm-hmm. which was much easier place to do stand-up comedy. But at that point, I became obsessed with uh, Andy Kaufman. Oh, yeah. And so what, what, I, what I was doing was I was going – I discovered an open mic. But what I realized was that these guys kept doing the same material week in and week out not realizing that they were practicing that material i just kept thinking like why i just heard this last week why am i hearing it to me i i just wanted to do something different every time so i i mean and i just did the stupidest stuff like i would stage fights i would just come up with all this you know outside the box kind of jokes and comedy bits that i would try to do at these open mics and it really irritated a lot of the the austin (laughs) comics they were very they were like oh here's this train wreck holy crap you know and uh uh i would just all kinds of just weird uh what 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 is known as uh, um alternative comedy you know like uh um uh like dimitri martin kind of Stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Just, just very dry, you know, kind of yeah, comedy. Yeah, just dry and just in and and like I said, I was staging fights and and just weird shit, you know, that just didn't really didn't make much sense. It just made me and my stoner friends laugh, you know, <laughs> and like right. nobody else. Wow. And uh so you know, I did that for a few years and I ended up moving to Los Angeles. Uh, because I had promises of um, being a screenwriter, which mm-hmm. uh, fell flat very fast. And I kind of got dis- disenchanted with the whole Hollywood thing. And I was just really mad. And I, I mean, like, I've been doing like background work on TV and movies, and I just hated it. I mean, like, the more and more I was doing film, the more I just I was like, I really hate this. I really hate this shit. Yeah. And, um, uh, a friend of mine I was uh, working with, uh, he was talking about doing stand-up comedy and he had been taking classes and, and stuff. And I was like, you know what, why don't I just join you and I'll, I'll just go up and do some stuff, you know, with you. And that way we, you know, we're buddies and everything. Right. And we just kind of make each other laugh. And uh, that guy became, his name's Mikey McKernan. And he and I ended up going around and just doing a lot of, uh, uh, rooms and we ended up a room fell into our lap it was, really? and we 
yeah, every Tuesday they they let us have the the, the bar, and it was in North Hollywood at the uh, Universal Bar and Grill on Lancashire. Oh wow! Uh, every Tuesday, and it was, we called it Turbo Tuesdays after me. Yeah, Turo. Mm-hmm. uh turbo tuesdays and it was a showcase we we didn't let just anybody go up there mm-hmm. uh and it was the i it was many people call it like the toughest room and a lot of a lot of comics liked doing it because it was such a challenge because mm-hmm. you were dealing with bikers and all kinds of just loud scuzzy people that would just <laughs> not listen to you yeah <laughs> and if you could get the crowd laughing then you were doing a good job right and so that that went on for about three years uh and then i moved and then mikey he kept it going for a long time he, he finally put it to rest last year actually oh, wow. yeah and and deservedly so it it running a mic by yourself is very hard and I feel bad that I had to leave him like that, but I, I had no choice. I, I had to come back home to Houston. Yeah. Um, for, for a few undisclosed reasons, but, um, uh, he, he's now probably the most famous open micer in, uh, Los Angeles. I know that he doesn't, he doesn't pride himself in that, but, but, uh, Turbo Tuesdays is, uh, I mean, we, we had like some big time people, um, uh, uh, Hannibal Burris, uh, actually came through. Really? Uh, wow. Yes. Um, uh, let's see, Dean Del Rey, who's up and coming right now. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Maria Banford came oh, and performed yeah. on, on mm-hmm. our stage. Yeah. Um, Sammy obeyed, like these guys, these are people that like, you know, uh, you know, I mean, you know, Maria Bamford, obviously. Oh, and, yeah. And um, but Dean Del Rey and Sammy uh, Obeyed both are, I mean, uh, if you guys have not heard of them, I highly recommend them. They're two of the smartest comics out there right now. They were both on Conan recently. Um, uh, we had the, we had one of the, this, I don't think she does it anymore, but she was the uh, sprint girl for the longest time. Uh, she did all the sprint commercials and mm-hmm. she came out and did, she did some stand up for us. Uh, she was funny. She's cute. It was nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So that was turbo Tuesdays. It was, it was just a, it was funny because there was other comics that just absolutely, they saw, they would walk in and go, no, thanks. <laughs> and like <laughs> turn around and, and walk that and walk out, you know? And then, then, uh, we would get uh, a lot of newcomers too, because um, uh, me and Mikey both worked in restaurants and who, you know, everybody in restaurants are trying to break into the entertainment industry somehow. And again, they get that, Oh, I can do stand up comedy. Oh no, my friends told me I'm funny. And we're like, great. Oh, yeah. Bring all of your friends <laughs> right. uh, to the show and we'll put you up at yeah. the end after they see me and Mikey and all of our friends and then, then you can go up and then right. we'll see how that goes. And, uh, which is exactly what happened. My first show that you were at, if you notice, I was the last one there. It was because I brought so many people. They, they wanted to put all their people up first before I went, because if I went first, you guys would have all started to leave. Right. So, yeah. I get it. You know, like, I mean, yeah. I'm, I was I was looking forward to just like watching the entire show just because I'm a stand up comic fan. So, right. um, but see, but yeah, I I totally get that. You know, like people would uh, would start, you know, you know, asking for the check, and then you know, like, and then they're trying to figure out, you know, like who's paying for, you know, like how many drinks, and and you know, like all of a sudden, like the room is just shot to hell. You know, mm-hmm. so um, so with um with that in mind, like you've been you've you know performed stand up stand up New York, you you know, like Mm. in New York, you did, Mm. you know, you were in LA, you're in Texas and everything. So Mm. um, did you do any other sort of like, you know, traveling or anything like on the road with, uh, with, uh, with comic? I, uh, I actually performed in the world series of comedy uh, last, uh, or no, 2017. I got eighth place out of Chattanooga. That was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Um, The funny thing about that was uh, the uh, comedy club, was on this uh, big strip with, with, you know, bars and restaurants. And uh, at the very end of the strip was the very beginning of the Trail of Tears. 
<laughs> that the uh, Native Americans went on. As, uh, how ironic is that? Have a good laugh and then tour the Trail of Tears after this. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is the last time you'll be laughing. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How fitting, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I was all like, wow. There's a big, giant historical marker. Like, this is the very beginning of the Trail of Tears. Oh, man. I'm like, okay, well, let's go have a couple of laughs first. And then right. we'll be on our way. Yep. So, uh, let's see. Chattanooga. Uh, I, um, I performed... Uh, Philadelphia. I've performed uh, obviously uh, all around Texas, D- Dallas, uh, Austin. Um, uh, I've actually never done San Antonio, and they actually have a pretty vibrant scene. I just have just not gotten out that far yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a few small, uh, smaller towns here, uh, uh, McAllen uh, and stuff like that here in Texas. Let's see, I, I've. Uh, Louisiana, I performed a uh, uh, few different spots. Uh, actually, one spot was um, in a very small town. I want to say, like, Boudreaux or something, something very Cajun name. Mm-hmm. And the literally half the town was at the show. The other oh, wow. half was at the town carnival. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> It was really, it was very bizarre. Like we were out in the in in the the downtown area, and it was just absolutely dead. And I'm like, well, "It's a Friday night. Where is everybody?" And they're like, "Well, they're either here or they're at the carnival." You know, I'm like, "Wow, wow okay." Because <laughs> the rest of the place, I mean, the, the whole rest of the place looked like a ghost town. Yeah. Um, let's see. Where else have I? Um, uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, San Francisco, I did a lot of performing out there that that's that was always uh when i lived out in los angeles me and mikey we would always take a week and go up to san francisco uh very friendly uh very uh interesting spots we actually did a show in a laundromat that really? was yeah this place called the brainwash it was a laundromat slash cafe and they uh every Who wednesday <laughs> yeah Every Wednesday, they had one of the biggest uh, 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 comedy shows in town, and we got invited to do that, and that was a lot of fun. Um, wow, it's not it's yeah, not like a, it's not like a working laundromat like during those hours. Though, oh is yeah, it? no, absolutely. There were people. Really? <laughs> absolutely, yes, they were absolutely doing that. Um, oh man, yeah. There's, there's, yeah. I mean, there's people ordering sandwiches, folding clothes. Mm-hmm. doing all all the and they're you know they're listening you know they're but you know i mean they also had like a crowd too that was like sitting um on the inside like like there's an area where you can sit like for the cafe and everything and they would all hang out there and that's where you perform uh but yeah the yeah the uh washateria part was definitely open <laughs> yeah wow that's 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 amazing that they would you know still keep i guess you know like if they they're running a business and everything they got to keep it going you know that's uh so well, yeah, i don't know so. if you i don't know if you've ever spent much time in san francisco but that is the stonedest town i've ever been in in my entire life really i mean oh my god everybody i mean you got you got the bums sitting there smoking joints asking you for money you know wow. like dude you have a <laughs> joint in your hand Right. Obviously, you, know, you had to get that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, no. I mean, it just flows free. Yeah. And one of the one of the stories I tell on stage this is this is a uh, uh, kind of become like it's probably going to be the title of my uh, album if I ever come out with one. Um, I was doing a show uh, at this one. It was kind of like a restaurant, like an Italian restaurant place, uh, and it was packed. And the guy kept asking me my name. He's like, dude, what's your name? And I'm all like, it's Robert Turo. And he's all like, man, I'm never going to remember that, man. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll write it down for you, you know. So I wrote it down. And I don't know if this is just, you know, my bad chicken scratch right handwriting or what. But the guy goes up on stage. And I'm telling you, he didn't even bat an eyelash. He just goes... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. The very funny robot turd, everybody. <laughs> robot turd. And I, yeah, I'm like, 
I mean, seriously, for about a minute there, I, I went, wow, this is San Francisco. What a bunch of weird people. Robot turd. Who names himself right. Robot turd? I got to see this. Oh, crap. I'm Robot turd. That's great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I tell that, I tell that story on stage a lot. And it's, it's kind of a thing, like, like especially when I was out in LA, like I, I, if I ever, when I used, I usually go out there about once a year, and like, the no doubt somebody will be like, "Hey, robot turd!" <laughs> like, hey. Yeah, that's me. Hey, that's good way to be known, you know. Like I yeah. guess, <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever sticks, and uh, yeah. so, so with so, um, so you said that you 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 go to LA, you know, like uh, you know, once a year and everything. Is mm. are there any specific venues that you just kind of like? They're like bucket list venues, just like I, I would love to, you know, perform there. Uh, the only place that I have not performed at in Los Angeles that I want to perform really badly is the the Laugh Factory. Um, mm-hmm. That's just a hard. It was just a and and the biggest reason why I never got on there was uh, in order to get onto their little open mic thing that they have. You yeah. had to spend like all day Tuesday, and I we already had our show on Tuesday, so. Mm. Like, I just, I was, I could never, like, uh, you know, I could never, I don't know, come up with a reason to skip my own show to be, you know, even though it was, you know, the Laugh Factory and I always wanted to be on it. I was just like, I'm sorry, my show comes first, you know. Uh, but yeah. I did the improv. I did the comedy store many, many times. did every stage on there. I actually, really? yeah, I actually ran uh, a Friday night show once uh, in the belly room, which wow. is, uh, yeah, if you saw uh, Dave, one of Dave Chappelle's last um, specials, that was in the belly room of the comedy store. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the, uh, um, that, that was always a thrill. I mean, like the comedy store was always a lot of fun. I, I always recommend that to the comedians. <laughs> because uh, the comedy store, like no matter what, they always treat you well, and you don't, mm-hmm. you know, uh, once you are known that you're com- com- a comic, even if you're not very good, once yeah. the door people know that you're a comic, you can just come and go as you please. Um, just walk in. I mean, like we were walking through the kitchen, you know, <laughs> like really? going up to the green room. Oh yeah. Uh, all the time, and 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 uh, I would I would go in and watch Mark Marin for an hour, just talking about nothing, you wow. know, and just yeah, and and you you want to talk about somebody working on their on their set? I mean, he, I I would see him, and he'd be there like every night of a week, and mm-hmm. I would just go in and sit there and watch him. Uh, you know, the drop-ins are, are all, I mean, like every you know stand-up comic that you can think of. I mean, I, I sat there and watched Amy Schumer work on material for, she was hosting something like the Grammys or the Emmys or something a couple mm-hmm. of years back. Yeah. Uh, and just watched her come in and, and practice her set. Um, for that, I watched uh, Chris Tucker came in out of nowhere and, and just did like 45 minutes of literally just telling great stories of, of other celebrities like he didn't even have <laughs> any material he was just telling like real stories about like Robert De Niro and and just people you know different celebrities you know really funny uh it was, it, it, I, I always recommend anybody that wants to be a comedian hang out at the at the comedy store you're guaranteed to see just magic somewhere whether it's the belly room the main room the original room whatever so that's 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 what i say that's that's my mecca out there in los angeles the comedy awesome. mecca yeah 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 i've i've heard you know, like so many great stories about the comedy store so yeah mm. like that's it's great to hear that that it's you know it's a legend that lives up to its name you know as mm. uh, as 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 it has so um are there any there any sort of like bucket list comics or something that you would just love to you know love to work with or introduce or something brian regan i i i just have to shake that guy's hand he's definitely to me just one of the unsung heroes of stand-up comedy uh somebody that that has the right amount of uh material and energy Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, his his energy is just insane yeah 
Uh, and I, I got to see him um, for the first time ever uh, last year. Uh, and it was, it was, he just didn't disappoint. It was amazing. Uh, so I was, I was very thrilled and happy to do that. Uh, but the most amazing comic that I've ever seen work, um, live, uh, Mm -hmm. was Dave Chappelle. Um, I'm telling you, he's one of seriously a handful of people in the history of the universe. Yeah. They could read something like you know, uh, somebody's text return and make it hilarious. Nice. You know, he can read, he can read the telephone book, just naming off names and mm-hmm. just be hilarious. Uh, yeah. and, and, and when I saw him, he literally just did two hours of just, and it never at any point seemed like he was working on material or mm-hmm. trying anything. It just literally was like what was on his mind right then and there you know i mean there's a lot of comics that you you watch and you like and you know they're funny you know but you can tell that they're doing material you can tell they're working on stuff um you you were talking about uh uh bill cosby having you know like a uh you know a poisonous name uh louis ck is kind of the same yeah um yeah. i mean i i i i always thought he was very funny i mean i think what happened to him uh kind of deserve it but not not i mean he wasn't like bill cosby bad obviously i mean at least he asked these women you know right. permission he did it anyway but still like yeah, it was, he did it anyway but yeah. he at least it's one of those things <laughs> kind of gave them like an option of hey you can get the hell out of the room you know kind of thing and whatever yeah. Yeah. uh but like i i you know he and and chappelle just to me have that ability of just literally looking like they just just came up with that shit right then and there yeah uh and it's uncanny mm-hmm. you know whereas you know somebody say like you know i mean carlos mencia who's you know always been accused of stealing jokes mm-hmm. he, you know you i don't know i feel like i always feel like he's doing material anyway like that's that you know what i mean like i uh dane cook the same way like i just feel like like i never felt like they were being genuine or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like not to take away, like I'm sure they're funny, you know, and they are. Um, yeah. but but they just go yeah. into this act like they right. have to be like on all the time. Right. And you can tell that they've practiced it. You can tell that they, you know, like and they went off because somebody, you know, used a trigger word or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh whereas Dave Chappelle, I'm telling you who he was he was already making you laugh before you even walked on the stage. He was, you know. Yeah. waving or just the way he you know waves and and stuff like that so uh i would love to i would love to work and and talk with him in fact we have a we have a joke we always do me and jeff do uh at the axelrad um when we're trying to get people to come upstairs and, and tell them the show we were like we got we got some famous comics folks in fact dave Chappelle just called us his plane landed in Arizona. He won't be here tonight, but <laughs> you know, we say that every time. That's so cool. That's so cool. So, um, so speaking of, you know, like running shows and everything, what, uh, what was the, what happened with that opportunity to, um, what was that opportunity and everything that, that, uh, that got you to transition from like just a, you know, stand up comic to stand up comic and MC? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, it's, it's uh, when you're doing stand-up comedy, when you're just a stand-up comic, you're kind of at, you know, the will of the show promoters. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I mean, you've got these comics that aren't very good, but they will go to every single show uh, runner and, and, you know, just bug them to death let me yeah. on your show let me on your show put me on your show and that's how they get on and then there's others that are more talented that that feel that that's you know kind of crossing a line but then they see the less talented guys on these other shows and they go well that's not fair how's that guy up there i'm i way funnier than that guy and you're like that's true but he bugged them to get on that stage mm-hmm. me personally i wanted to take control of the situation 
yeah. um, not be at the not have to be at the will of the showrunners, but to have my own show. And what I discovered was having my own show gives me a certain amount of power to where other people who run shows want to put me on without me having to ask because right. they want on my show. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So that that's definitely what was the transition. That's when I said, okay, it, it, again, it, it went from being an actor that didn't want a writer or a director, wanted to be his own writer and director to being mm-hmm. a comedian who didn't want to have to deal with showrunners, but want rather be his own showrunner. Yeah. And, and I mean, the, it's very painfully obvious when you come and see me and Jeff because Jeff and I will do as long of material as we both want, regardless right. of how long. I mean, we tell everybody else they have ten minutes, but we'll go. I mean, I've seen. Oh my God, Jeff! He'll he'll talk until the rats leave the room. Like he'll he does not care. I mean, I at least will like. Okay, you guys have had enough. Cause I'm very right. loud, I'm very boisterous, but Jeff, he will, he, and I love him. Don't get me wrong. I love Jeff, but he will talk until the, even the, you know, even if the drunk is passed out, he'll keep talking until that guy <laughs> finally wakes up in the room. Like he will, uh, like uh, just the other night. Um, yeah. He was supposed to, he was just like, okay, folks, uh, y'all, thank you so much for sticking around. And then ended up doing 45 minutes. Wow. After all of that, just because it's our show and we can and yeah. nobody's yelling at us. So right. that's, that's why, that's why I got into the being a showrunner. And on top of that, I really love watching new comics that have real talent mm-hmm. prosper. Yeah. And uh, for instance, there's a girl, she did her, she did her first time ever on, on our show uh Colleen Genevieve and she's now up in New York and she's killing it she's she's booked all the time but her first ever stand-up was on our show and uh I knew right away when I watched her that she had some serious talent like she was very funny she knew I mean she wasn't perfect but I could Mm -hmm. just I could see that she got it you know She didn't go up there and do the same thing that like everybody they do the same they always go hey uh uh Anybody here uh, remember um, Transformers? Huh? <laughs> you know, like, like dude, yeah. <laughs> we all remember Transformers, idiot. You know, like, come on. I've always been afraid of being that guy. You know, just, yeah. kind of, just being absolutely dry, <laughs> wanting so badly to get up on that stage and then having nothing. You know, absolutely yeah. everything just completely shut down. So, mm. you know, just the fact that you're you're out there doing it, you know, just, that just means – that means the world to me because what you're doing is exactly what you're saying. You're keeping yeah. the industry going, you know, mm-hmm. by not only doing it yourself, but also allowing this great venue for other people to do the same thing. Um, so what, um, so it was from, was it from that that got you also involved in radio? Now, uh, <laughs> that's what I've been, I'm wondering about that. Uh, I, I don't really know what you're talking about. Uh, I've done a few I radio. Could sworn, I could have sworn you've done, you've, you've done like radio as well. So No, I've done a few interviews with Outlaw Dave <laughs> uh, here in okay. Houston. Um, but that's, that is really about it. Um, the only reason I'm thinking you might have thought that is because because they, we kept, I think you and I actually in college talked about the radio station at Marymount Manhattan. That Probably. The, that's the only thing I can think. I was like, where did he get this radio thing from? Yeah. I did public access television in Austin. That was a okay. sketch comedy show. Oh, gotcha. Um, but, uh, and that, that, that was just, uh, that was, that was a lot of fun, but. Uh, it aired for years uh, on on Austin Public Access, and uh, I kind of yeah, I, I don't like to show my face in Austin too much because of that. Because <laughs> people people started recognizing me, and they're like, "Hey, you're, you know," and it's always some stoner idiot that you know was up at three in the morning watching Public Access. Yeah, hey, you're the guy on that show, Free Beer. You know? I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not uh, insanely proud of free beer. I mean, we 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 had some fun. I yeah. uh in fact, uh the the best and probably only compliment we ever got on that show was 
nice editing. <laughs> that was because <laughs> that was because the other guy that produced the show he went to school for editing. So yeah. that was. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Like nice to know that uh, that the tuition you know paid off. You know mm-hmm. with, with that. So, um, so um, so with with everything that you're that you're doing now and everything, um, what is it that um, what's you know like what's some sort of like um, you know a project that you really want to work on next? Um, honestly, uh, I would like to to we're working. Um, me and Jeff are working uh, with the Axel Rad because we do like the idea of uh, streaming a show and having a streaming show, a weekly streaming show. Uh, that people all across the country could watch. You don't yeah. have to come here to Houston to come see it. So that's basically like that's that's our next challenge is to figure out how to make that and make that a feasible, viable um, uh, situation. Uh, and we've, we've got a lot of kinks to work out with that. I mean, right now um, what, what they do, and it's, I think it's very interesting is because the show is upstairs at this place they they film it but they they it's just the live stream that goes downstairs to all the tvs so Mm -hmm. um you know and 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 they have like a lot of you know great stuff they actually have like uh the ability to stream it like on the internet but we got to get you know permission from all the comics make sure everybody's on board but uh yeah that that is definitely um on the horizon we want to we definitely want to do some sort of a internet live show that people all across the world really could watch uh mm-hmm. and see and 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 see that houston really has some of the most talented comics in the world so fantastic yeah so um so what are your what are your most um um what are your recent like upcoming dates where can uh, where can uh listeners hopefully in the you know in the texas area and everything where can they find you they can find me every Monday at the Axel Rad on uh, Alabama. If, if you know if you know anything about Houston, everybody knows the Axel Rad. We'll be there every Monday. The shows are at eight o'clock. Uh, I will be uh, performing um, April twenty seventh at uh, Shamrock's Pub in Humble, Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll be hosting uh, that show up there, and then. Um, I should be hosting at the Joke Joint. Uh, that's here in Houston. Uh, I should be doing a full month of that uh, here coming up, uh, and I'm not sure if that's in May or June yet. Uh, but look out for uh, definitely check out the Joke Joint uh, on on uh, Facebook and everything. Uh, Ken Reed runs an excellent uh, comedy room there. They're they're only building. They just built a second stage, so they're 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 doing some great stuff there uh and uh that's that's pretty much what i have uh booked for now nice nice and where can uh, where can they find you where can my listeners find you on social media uh right now i definitely recommend instagram uh at robert turo and uh at punchline mondays uh that's our that's uh, the show uh that i do with jeff joe and uh you're gonna uh the uh uh, yeah, that's that's where I highly recommend everybody. You can also find me on Twitter at at Rob Turo, but it's really just a repeat of everything I do on Instagram. So <laughs> nice, nice, and and oh man, I I've had, I've had so much fun chatting with you, man. I'm so glad that you're able to do this. Thank you so oh, much again. Pleasure's being, all mine, man. Thank for you for being a part of this, and I hope that I hope that all of you out there um, have been have felt just as inspired and motivated as I have listening to Robert, listening to every other guest that I've had on, on these episodes. It's been a terrific 30 episodes so far. And um, we, you know, with the, uh, with the upcoming uh, evolution of this podcast into winding trails media and winding trails entertainment in the coming weeks, uh, there's only, it's, it's only good stuff from, from here on in. So um, I hope that uh, hope that all of you kind of have a um, have a person who recognizes your potential and actually does that little shoving up you know <laughs> up, up up for you because that's really gonna that's uh, not only going to give you that extra push that you need but it's also gonna save you a lot of time you know in in mm. terms of in terms of getting yourself up there so. Um, 
I, you know, just, just hope that all of you have that kind of support system. If you don't, you have it here. Um, and I really hope that, uh, that all of you have, uh, have really enjoyed uh, this episode. I hope you've enjoyed, um, you know, just uh, this, this whole show going back to October. And I hope you just keep on coming. Uh, you, can find, um, you can find me on, uh, on Instagram at uh, George Soroy, S-I-R-O-I-S. Uh, the same, same uh, handle as Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. You, uh, you can find the show basically like everywhere on social media. And if you are enjoying the show, I hope you subscribe. I hope you like. I hope you comment. Um, and I hope you share. Uh, to really kind of sell the earth with uh, with what we have in store for everyone. So uh, for Robert Turo, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward. We'll see you next week. <laughs>